0: Alright, well I've been, the topic this morning is, was, was given to me, Diff, Diff told me what I had to talk about so uh, if there's any issues, you can take it up with him. Um, but I missed, his, uh, I missed his talk last week, um, but the week before he started the topic, um, the sort of the overarching thing of ownership. Um, so I want to again take that up and talk about and how it relates to our, deci- to our decisions. Um, Who here has heard the phrase, uh, own your decisions? What what does that mean? What do you take that to mean? That's it, take responsibility. Um, The whole point of being responsible um, is accepting your duty to others. Uh, Being responsible is being aware of others and what effect your choices have. It's about understanding our connectedness. Your decisions aren't isolated choices made in a vacuum. You are an individual, but you live/slash survive in a community. It's not all about you. Um, the nature of reality is community. You wouldn't think your your very life didn't come separate. You were you came out of a family. You came out of a community of mother and father. It, it's there's no other way for you to be here apart from community. And also, it's a mirroring of the Trinity, obviously, because God Himself is a community. So this. You can the 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 this community theme is is embedded in our reality. You can't get away from it. This is the way it is. It's it's as real as gravity. Um. Now, I suppose, uh, and then realizing it, you know, the the uh, the community factor. Once it gets into your head, realizing that everything you do uh, affects other people. Um, and as many of you know, I spent ten years working in. Uh, The rehab sort of uh, world, and um, it was interesting to me to look at that that sort of time and realise that private drug use is a public problem. It's not. People go, "Oh, this is just my thing. I do." I mean, no one here, I'm guessing, went has been into Grand Central and seen people shooting up or anything. It's just you've never seen that, but you know, drugs are causing a huge issue in our society but you, it's all this private use there's no such thing as private use of drugs, it's a public problem but it's, it's a, uh, people always say it's just my business it's just, it just isn't. You could say, one of the sayings I think from reflecting of all that time is, your, de- your decisions our consequences. So if you can just remember those two things, if there's a four words you can remember from today's thing, just remember that your decisions, our consequences. Um, now this whole theme of connectedness really stood out to me a couple of, well, probably a month ago, I watched a a documentary on this, uh, I know it sounds a bit macabre, but it was a there's a story of the Green River Killer in Seattle, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but it's like America's worst serial killer and uh, was a, I think his name was Gary Ridgeway or something but he, he ended up killing over um, Oh, they, they reckon it could be up to 80 or to 100 people, but he, it was confirmed 50. So this is... and he did it over 20 years, he did this. Um, now what was interesting about this documentary is it didn't just show the story of how he was caught and the lives of the people uh, you know, that his decisions affected. And That, and the, 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 that wasn't the most interesting thing to me, because it's obvious this guy's making decisions to kill someone, it's really affecting them quite severely, do you know what I mean? It's, it's obvious. What the intriguing thing was, this documentary included the story of his family. And what was so interesting about, interesting about it is they had no idea, and it was honest. They had, this guy was passing lie detector tests, the whole thing. They had no idea that he was this person. Um, and what was, And they were just incredulous. When they found out, they, they couldn't believe it. So they were honest. Um, you know, sometimes you see these stories and the family's protecting someone. It wasn't like this. They honestly didn't know. And they were utterly blown out of the water. Now, their response to it was one of complete shame and anguish. Now, you think about this. They didn't do the killings. But by the sheer fact of the connectedness of family, it hurt them. And you can all relate to this. You, you, you don't think they're weird for doing that, do you? And the moving part of this documentary was when they, some of the family members, went to places with the victims where they were actually killed, and just said sorry to that family member. And it was a healing process for everyone there. They were, they were, uh, you know, they they were asking for forgiveness and showing anguish and just, uh, you know, living this moment with the victims, and yet they themselves did not do the killing. But you can understand this connectedness, it is absolutely real. You only got to see it in your own family. If, you, if your child is sick, you're going to feel it. Just, you're not sick, your, your child is sick, but the connectedness is, is so real you can feel it and you can't disconnect yourself from it. Um, so this connectedness starts with family, then it moves to community, then it goes to country and it goes actually all the way to the human race. Now you see this all the time, a couple of weeks I didn't watch The Origin um, I hope no one's going to throw anything at me for that but I just, I don't know, I, I, I ran into a lot of footballers whilst doing gigs in uh, clubs and stuff and they weren't the most pleasant people so I I'm um, a bit prejudiced. <laughs> um, but anyway I heard this after the last Origin Match. We won. Well, did you play the game? No, No, you really feel like you won. Who's here for the Queensland thing? Did you feel like you won? You feel, that night you were happy because you won, but you didn't, it was your connectedness with the team that gave you that feeling. Um, You see this all the time with the Olympics. You you don't, uh, when so and so, even when they play sports that you don't care two hoots about, like trap shooting or something like that, and you're, or the water, thing where they do the duck legs under the wall. I mean, no, no, normally you couldn't care less about that sport. But we won it and whoopee, Australia got a medal. You know, you'll take anything. You know, like literally. And when the list comes up, it's got Australia at the top. And that's what you're connected to it. You can't stop it because it's your country. Um, and you even see, I've even seen this thing with small things like my, um, my really close friend Isaac uh, Moody ran Easterfest uh, for all those years. And I remember you'd run into someone just in the public, uh, you know, just uh, doing your thing, and someone would mention, oh, that is an incredible event. And I couldn't help but say, yeah, he's my, one of my best friends. <laughs> you know, like, the connectedness with Easterfest. Fest, is, I really felt connected to it because of my friend Isaac. Um, so... You, you see how this thing works, um, and it's it's totally real and you all get it. There's, you're probably all starting to think of examples where you know this is real, this is the way reality is. Um, now the reason I'm going to mention this next controversial topic is because of a conversation I had and because it's so obvious. And that is the issue of divorce. Now let's put aside the exceptions. Um, I think sometimes we spend so much time on exceptions that there are no rules anymore. So let's just get back to a basic thing of um, this issue. Now, divorce is not just the business of an individual who wants out of a marriage or two individuals. It's the business of entire families, especially the kids, friends, church community, society and civilization. Now, the conversation that I had that made me want to speak of this, and it could be so beneficial to a number of people is, um, I have family relatives in the US and every time I go there, there's a friend I catch up with all the time and about a couple of visits ago, we were just out for coffee somewhere and he, he said, we're just talking and he said, he said a year ago, he said, my marriage was so bad. He said, he said I, I, I saw absolutely no way this could work, no way it could work. And um, so my next, my next question is, well, what happened? You know, how ca- you just, you know what's happened? You know, everything seems to be going really well. And he goes, this is going to sound weird. I remember him saying this. He goes, this is, you won't expect this. But he, I, he said, what changed everything was his grandmother. And it wasn't his grandmother that was going to counsel him or anything. He just said, when he made the decision, I'm, I'm going to do this, he thought of looking his grandma in the face and telling her and he could not do it because he was looking at, she was like the the matriarch of the the family tree and he knew it would break her heart. He knew it and also he said, I would be the first in our family to do this and he knew that he'd be setting up something to occur within that family tree. So uh, despite how that thought in him he thought it was weird that his grandma saved his marriage. But, and he said, do you think that's weird? And I said, no, you are. that is exactly right. You thought community and it saved it. If you just thought of yourself and you, the situation, you're in it, this wouldn't have happened. It's the fact that you thought outside yourself and looked at community and realized that you are connected with this and it is going to affect people. And somehow he, he knew it wasn't an option anymore. And he went through with it that is an important thing to realize is when you see someone else do it the connectedness thing will give you the idea to go to do it as well so you could say the more people divorce the more people divorce do you understand how it works it's just, just the way it is now again i'm not having a go at anyone with this it's just because of what i witnessed especially in the club world the more single mums the more single mums um well, the years of playing and because i did music full time for a nearly 10 years and involved a lot of playing in clubs and stuff and you get like groupies that follow around. I remember this whole bunch of girls, there's probably like seven or eight of them and then one become a single mother, next one become a single mother, the next one become a single mother, every single one of them did it. And it was like, the fir- once the first one cracks then it's, because they're all connected. Just what happens? So I'm just going to throw out some generalized statements um, and see and i'm not referring to anyone here but just listen to the context the more premarital sex you have the more others have the more promiscuous you are the more promiscuous others are the more provocative clothing you wear the more provocative clothing others wear the more porn you watch the more porn others watch now this is what if you don't believe that this works like this just think of the pornification of our of our whole society is entirely because of the private use of individuals. It didn't start public. It has to be private. That's just the way the gig works. So when you hear a lot, especially you hear it with a lot of the LGBTQP, whatever the thing is now, when they keep talking about the private, to, oh, this is just our business, it's not their business, it's all our business. It's like when you say, we're gonna de- uh, designate something, a a. Uh, a nudist beach. It's nude for everyone. It's not just for the people that decide to keep their clothes on. That's the policy. So when you make policy that way, you you are affecting everyone with that train of thought and that becomes dominant. That's why it's an issue. Um, Because we're all uh, mysteriously connected, an individual's choices create an atmosphere, a culture, a persuasion. Your decisions give other people permission. This is the nature of reality. So I just want to look at, um, again, this connectedness and consequence thing is crystal clear in Scripture. So first we go to Romans 5.12. It says, sin entered the world through one man. Just think of that for a minute. Sin entered the world through one man. Not a bunch, one. And thus, death has spread to the whole human race because everyone has sinned. Now, how real is this connectedness? Adam's personal decision is affecting you right now as you sit in this seat. I don't know about you guys, but I feel the weight of my sin nature. And it's absolutely real. And you ask yourself, how did you get it? Because of a decision of one person, I have this bent in me that was passed on just like my, home, my own existence is passed on from Adam. I can't be here unless he was here. Do you understand? It's absolutely real. Now, what... Uh, our next scripture is um, 1 Corinthians 12, 26 to 27. If one member suffers, all suffer. If one member is honoured, all rejoice together. Now, if you are the body of Christ individually and members of it, so what type of individua- individuality do you have? It is this type. You have membership individuality. Now, imagine if you come in here this morning and, uh, and, and my severed hand was just sitting on the pulpit here. Um, first, I think you'd be a little disturbed. Why are you disturbed? Because it is disconnected it's it's an individual thing, you can see it here, but if it's disconnected from me and sitting there, you some of you would have to leave the room. It would be a horror to you because a severed hand is no good to the body or the hand itself. That's just the way it is. It 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 it's individual, but it is totally its context is the connectedness to the rest of my body. Now, I think one of the hugest thing that's probably absolutely going through christendom at the moment is individualism it's just totally what you what you think now these are three things i'm going to mention that i was brought up with um, and then none of these are bad in themselves let me assure you you'll agree with them as i tell them to you but when they combine and they're followed wholeheartedly they lead to the type of individualism we see today. And I remember my pastor saying this to me, he'd go, read the Bible for yourself. And, it's, and I thought it was a great idea. And he was, he'd say things like, he'd preach a sermon, he goes, check me out. And, and I thought, that's good, I'll, you know, I'll, I can do that. The next thing was, I was told, especially in the youth movement, um, it was like, don't be bound by tradition. You know, that's being religious, don't be bound by tradition. And then the last one, the point was really pushed, is your personal relationship with Jesus, me and Jesus. That was, now, though, as you can see, those three of those things are not bad. But this is the way, This sort, of, and I think this was preached to a whole generation of people. Um, now, so when my pastor told me that, he was presuming I'd never dissent from him. Yeah. See, if I'd come up and just said, what you just preached this morning, that's not what the Bible means. I'm, you just told me to read it in the context of me, I'll decide what it means and I don't agree with you. And he would instantly then probably retract that. I'd say, well, that that's only works when you agree with me. Um, so that, that type of thing breeds this, you are your own interpretation. It's just what you think. The whole thing of don't be bound by traditional religious in that matter was isolate yourself from the past. What have those ancients got to tell us? I mean, seriously, what does Augustine know? He doesn't live now. You know, like that, that sort of thing. Separate yourself. You don't, you don't want to be involved with with the traditions that they were in but goodness me you're a modern person you know D- cut yourself off from the past don't be religious and the other thing is too if you just concentrate all the time just you and Jesus what about your relationship to his church because the thing is he's not coming back for you he's coming back for his church which he wants you a part of he's not coming back to individually pluck each person or to the he's coming back for his bride He's asking you to join his church. You'll con- See, a separated person is a, is a horror to God as what you find a, a severed hand is. When God sees a person refusing to join community, it's a severed hand. And it's that, it, it's that sort of horror to God because he did not make the body this way. And so when it's all chopped off and pieces laying everywhere of individuals doing whatever they want it's a disaster, and I think, if you don't believe me, just spend five minutes on Facebook and, show, and see what this thing dishes up. I can't go on anymore because I get just so blinking angry. Um, all these good friends that I grew up with are totally sucked in by the dumbest idea, whatever a society is being washed with, they're following. And these were good people. And you go, how does this happen? Well, they just did all three things. They decided, oh, I don't think the Bible means that, it means this. And, they, and they've got these really weird, it's just total individualism. You can see it a mile away. Now, this connectedness and the consequences seem like a disadvantage, but it also works the other way. Good decisions have good consequences and effects. This mysterious connectedness is what made Christ's sacrifice effective for all. So let's go back to Romans again. This is Romans 5:17. Listen carefully. To the, I suppose you could say it's the, it's the uh, antidote to what I, the the bad stuff says. If, because of um, one man's trespass, death um, exercised dominion through that one, but much more surely will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness exercise dominion in life through that one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, just as one man's transgression led to condemnation for all. So one man's act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all. For just as by the one man's disobedience, um, many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience, many um, will be made righteous. Now Jesus can save us this way because of connectedness. So if you're all peeved like, oh, what I do is affects other people, don't forget this same principle is what allowed Christ to die on a cross See, the thing is, Jesus got inside our race, and this is straight from the creed, by being conceived of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. You think of how incredible this, maybe we, because often Mary is just completely ignored, you understand what happened here is phenomenal. This is where Christ gained access. And it's incredible thought to think, he's inside the human race. And now he has that same connectedness that you all feel to your family. You are family. This is absolutely real. Now this same connectedness that caused all these issues now has gone back the other way where your salvation is actually, it's actuated by this connectedness. Now, you know, you wonder, like Christ died like two, I used to always think growing up, how does this relate to me? This is 2000 years ago. Here I am driving a car and, in this modern world and what does a man on a cross got to do with me it's because of this connectedness never stops it goes through the whole reason just as i and i think myself i've got this sin nature and i got that from the past well i can also gain my healing from the past as well it travels right through so um this is something anyone that knows me you know i can't go too far without mentioning c.s lewis so uh C.S. Lewis has this saying, he calls it the good infection. This is is from mere Christianity. He came into this world and became a man in in order to spread to other men the kind of life he has by what I call good infection. Every Christian is to become a little Christ. The whole purpose of becoming a Christian is simply nothing else. Now, we can't control the consequences, but we can control the type of decisions we make. If Christ can be a good infection, so can we. Um, Everyone is going to be an infection. It's just a matter of what type you're going to be. You can't get out of it. You are an infecting type person. It's just a matter of which side you're going to give it to, to good or bad. And again, get back to this, To um, yeah, every decision you make is affecting someone no matter how private you think it is. There's no, there is really no, there may be a private decision, but it always goes public. Now, again, getting back to the little four words I said at the beginning, your decisions, our consequences. Be the good infection. Don't give pom- people permission to make bad decisions. Now, I just want to finish again. We've got to finish with grace because obviously we're all sitting here going, I'm probably going to do something to someone today. (laughs) Um, And this is where the beautiful thing of grace comes into it. Grace works in amongst us as we stuff up and fixes stuff up and as we submit to it. And it does all this great work. But let's not forget, grace has two functions. It doesn't just deal with sin. Its greatest function is when it stops you from sinning in the first place. That's its, that's its highest thing it does. Like we always keep thinking grace has got all to do with fixing up the mess. It actually is its best when it stops the mess from occurring. And preventing is always better than trying to cure something. That's the highest work of grace. So realise this morning that if, if this seems like a weighty thing on you, just realise the grace of God is there to help you when you do mess up. But also... Think of the generations of people. I've mentioned some controversial topics and I could have added a lot more in there that no one talks about. Um, but then I'll probably cause a big mess for Sondi. Uh, <laughs> but you, you've, you've got to think of not just, sometimes people are offended because, oh, that's my situation. Think of the generations to come and who's watching and make your decision based on that, just not what you feel at the time. Um, so anyway, again, can I just reiterate, just the, the, if you can't remember anything else I said, just remember that your decisions, our consequences, and remember, we all need grace. That's what's going to make the difference in this thing. Um, grace is going to uh, work with when you do mess up, and it's also the best thing is it's going to stop you from going there in the first place and also uh, save generations of others who are watching the decisions we're making. So anyway, that's it. I'm just going to pray and then you can go eat biscuits. Um, God, without you, we can do nothing. And Lord, it does seem a bit nerve-wracking sometimes when we look at the responsibility you have placed on us as human beings and you placed on our lives. Lord, it is a serious thing. But I also ask, Lord, that you would uh, help us see the joy and inspire people with that joy to to make, to, to, I don't know, to be joyful with the effect that their lives can have on others. So, Lord, we just ask you for help. It is it is only it's by your grace that we're here, and it's by your grace that anything good can happen. So, Lord, we just call on you and just ask that you would uh, be with us, Lord. And... Uh, And have mercy on us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.